There's got to be a point in all of our lives when something happens and we become a seeker. So welcome everyone to the Seekers of the Eternal podcast. I'm really so feeling blessed tonight to have Illuminati Congo as our guest tonight. And we look forward to really diving into his story and a, and a lot of the things that, man, I've been bugging out to for a couple of years now. So as always, I'd like to begin with a little breath work just to calm and prepare ourselves for the conversation. So with this technique, it's just a short and long double inhalation. And then we tense in a low, medium, high, all the, the muscles in the body. And then we're going to exhale and relax with the double exhalation. Just it, it sounds like this. And then we tense all the muscles in the body. And then we relax, release and feel that way. So let's begin by just taking in a deep, normal breath. And all the way out. And now double inhale and tense. Tension in all the muscles, low, medium, high, vibrate with willpower. Exhale, relax. Release and feel, dissolve. Again, inhale and tense. Low, medium, high tension in all the muscles, vibrate with will. Exhale, relax. Release and feel, dissolve, relax. Last round, inhale and tense. Low, medium, high, vibrate with willpower. Exhale, relax. Release, feel, dissolve. Divine Mother, Heavenly Father, dearest friend, beloved God, great masters of self-realization, be with us tonight. Guide our conversation. Help wisdom to flow through us and let us be channels of light for your work in this world. Om. Peace. Amen. Amen. So welcome. Tonight we've got John Hooks, a.k.a. Illuminati Congo. I, <laughs> man, finding your, your work, I know you've been doing it for a long time, but it's, it's relatively new to me. I discovered it during the lockdowns. It was after first I heard, I, I, I just, I found the work of uh, Landrell in 2020. I saw and listened to a podcast with him with East Forest. And that's how I got tuned into Landrell. And I was like, wow, this is the kind of music I was hoping existed, but I hadn't found it yet. Found his work. And then that led me to, to discovering your offerings and it was such a trip because in 2020, during those lockdown periods, everybody's like, oh, the world's ending. What's going on here? You know, I didn't see a lot of art being made during that time. Right. A lot of people were kind of struggling, just trying to get their footing. And you, I mean, I was like, in 2020, you put out nine signal singles, five EPs, and four full-length albums from my count. <laughs> And I was just like, who is this guy? You know? <laughs> and all the collaborations that you were doing, connecting with friends and recording music during that time was just blowing my mind. 
So I want to maybe just kind of dive into that, you know, take us back to 2020 when you were producing, creating all that music during that time. It was so inspiring to me. I'm like, man, somebody is still doing it out there. So it was really nice to be able to have new music coming out and just of such a high caliber too. So um, yeah, maybe just tell us a little bit about what it was like producing music in 2020. Well, I had made the decision that I was going to do that <clears throat> for that year prior to the the news uh, campaign, propaganda, advertisements of the uh, of the thing thing uh, in 2020. So when it started happening, one, I was just like, OK, well. I must just stick to my game plan because this was my game plan. And two, uh, there was a lot of extra time. A lot of it's like, why not? It, it made it easy to mm-hmm. to do it during that time because things were a little uh, were a little different uh, timing wise. Things were able to slow down, and since I already had the game plan and already had most of the music ready, it just flow naturally uh and like I, I made probably half of it during that year and probably half of it i had already prior um ready to go mm. um, but it, it was it was good making music during that time simultaneously it was uh i felt somewhat isolated as far as is the amount of artists who were willing to say anything in regards to uh what was happening around at the time um i've always seen music or hip-hop specifically as a way to uh to speak up for lesser known narratives lesser heard or cared for narratives and there wasn't much of that and still hasn't been uh much of that uh and i i did a couple of songs to that yet simultaneously even the songs the songs themselves get links under them now like they're listening to the lyrics of music now and putting uh their their paid for advertisement links under these these songs uh-huh. now. And so uh I'm sure a lot of artists had the question like, is it is it worth it to risk my reach and my career uh to even speak how I'm feeling at <clears throat> if they felt uh, any different way other than the main narrative that was being prescribed to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It becomes like such a bold move to go out and express your feelings in the way that you see the world these days, because people who maybe just have a different perception of reality, you know, come in and give their opinion on things when, they're not even sure what you're saying sometimes it's so it, it can be so you know and the, but i guess that's that's the you know those 
for me, that's what I gravitate to is people that are really doing that still and able to really know who they are and to be able to put out music like that. Um, to, to, I guess, to back up, like just kind of running, you know, your, your bio here for people that aren't familiar. I just assumed everybody already knew, but <laughs> I guess, I, I guess I should, should open up a little bit. So, um, yeah, you're out of Chicago and on, 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 on Twitter, I like the, I like the description here because it's, it's beyond what I would say, uh, conscious hip hop, you know, you hear that word conscious hip hop. But when I heard your music, I was like, okay, this is, this is actually conscious hip hop. But so under the title, a cult classic comedic contemplative contradictory creative crypto crystalline captivating tantric hip hop that lightens the heart. And yeah, I think that's, I think that's a proper description of <laughs> the way that it feels. It's so far beyond, I think, what people are calling uh, conscious hip hop right now. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, you know, I love consciousness. That's how uh, we're doing anything that we're doing right now. Uh, so, but I do think that's sort of indescript because of that same reason that conscious is is everything every everything the underlying thing of everything is consciousness so everything is conscious hip-hop or consciousness hip-hop and for me when i listen to hip-hop all types of hip-hop uh it could be the most gangster most drug-filled the most deplorable type of subject matter but i can still hear the divine and still hear the conscious the consciousness because mm -hmm. it's still just consciousness expressing uh and so it's all conscious hip-hop to me uh somewhat because mm -hmm. <laughs> i because the ear is conscious mm -hmm. but i i that's why i put these different names on what i do because there's it's it's contemplative it's it's crystalline or like crystals are symmetry found in nature and so that that's sort of what a rhyme <clears throat> and a ryth rhythm and a rhyme are somewhat like <clears throat> symmetry in sound uh, so we're able to create crystals with with certain type of wordplay mm. uh, there's this book, uh, The Language Crystal. Uh, it's called The Complete Solution to Civilization's Oldest Puzzle. And it's all about language and how language is a crystal. And you can you can see this in language through through so many aspects. You know, I've wrote a book on it, but when you just look at the the shapes of letters, of all letters. They they all are uh, somewhat. You can see them revealing uh, angles and mathematical principles in the way that these uh, letters are formed. And if they're laid, especially if they're laid on a grid, certain languages. 
Uh, and this is, so that means even in the alphabets, there, there are some type of symmetrical uh, connections that exist within, within these words. Uh, it's, it's a, to delve into the word and the language, it's, it's a very abstract uh, concept. Uh, so I don't know how how deep I'm ready to go down that rabbit hole at the moment. Mm -hmm. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, I had always thought, you know, I had the thought in my mind about hip hop music, specifically, you know, all music and, and lyrics really are, are this, but hip hop music, it seems like really carries this strongly. Is this idea of affirmation and putting, it's almost like casting a spell with the type of words that you you know that you use you mm -hmm. see, like if you're not there yet you're using this affirmation talking about where you're gonna be you know as if you're already there a lot of hip-hop artists use and then you know i was uh, it works for the good yeah. and for the bad like mm -hmm. i'm like i'm ready to die and, and cancel clear but people say that and sometimes it ends up being their destiny mm -hmm. sooner than you would think yeah. Yeah. It seems like such a powerful thing to be working with, especially if you're writing like really catchy rhyming tunes and you have people repeating those. Mm -hmm. uh, the the responsibility, it seems like <laughs> for people who are writing those kind of spells. Uh, it, it, now it's like, you know, when I'm listening, the more that, you know, I practice meditation and then I kind of tune into and listen to lyrics more and more. It's like, I, it's so much more difficult for me to, like you said, hear, hear the God behind it because I'm just like, man, I don't want to be filling my brain with these kind of spells. Um, to, so recognizing that I could still have a connection to this type of music while still pouring good, you know, conscious expanding lyrics into my mind with the type of music that you're making, it was such a gift, you know, it's like, all right, cool. Like I can tune back into this kind of music that I like, but it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, detrimental to my meditation practice as much. For sure. For sure. And, and so back to what I was saying before, I I'll use music that is <clears throat> the most dense and, uh, for spiritual practice as well, but it's like it's sort of like the Agori practice, where uh, where they meditate with dead bodies or will take skulls and break the face off and make it a bowl so that they can eat all their meals. The only meals they eat are from that skull. Uh, it's it's similar to that practice of being able to go. So does that mean that that's the only environment and type of thing an Aghori would immerse themselves in? No, it's just it's just part of the sadhana. You, we we require these times in uh, in just in the purity of of. Uh, just scripture of of doing the uh, the most beneficial affirmative, the most positive vibes around us. 
to be able to venture into those realms. It's like there's a time to be in the heavens. There's a time to be immersed in the dirt. There's, there's a time for it all. But you can't appreciate the, the darkest music without, you can't appreciate the, div the divine in the darkest music if you're not able to connect with the divine uh just on your on your natural uh tribe so i that's i don't encourage people to just surround themselves with death metal and, and gangster rap and things like that and make it a spiritual path but make you make the stuff that you know is your spiritual path your scriptures your 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 yoga, your breath work, your prayer, do that. But when you immersed into the to the most dense parts, it's it's so easy to see divine there because you're already doing the heart work. The heart work. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. I resonate with that. That that makes a lot of sense to me uh my artwork tends to 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 pull from the dark side as well i my background is you know growing up playing in heavy metal bands you know seeking the most extremes you know that was where, where i was looking when i was younger and i i um i appreciate those cultures because i know that's where that's where people are really looking, seeking and searching for truth is usually in those extremes. A lot of times when you get out of the main and you start to um, get into really looking at the fringes. So, I, yeah, I, I resonate with that, both of those cultures in that way. And, and yeah, and a lot of the, the, the thing that really kind of piqued my interest, uh, well, <laughs> many different things, but on the spiritual path was really discovering the Bardo Thodol, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and recognizing that man, there are people out there who are practicing to stay lucid in between the moment of death onto the next life. And that's a possibility. So opening that ability in my mind as something that we could practice and work on, that became so fascinating to me. And I couldn't really find any other friends that were thinking like this I was just you know I would talk about it and it, to me it was just so it's like this is the, these are the secrets you know this is this is it and everybody just is kind of weirded out by having a bit of a, a, a fascination and an interest in the moment of death um, I know you put out that song recently uh, D.I.E. Do It Every Day and yeah, that was another one. When I saw that, I was like, wow, this, this is, I love this. Uh, as I've been making um, artwork around that idea, that idea, just like in the Bible talks about, um, you know, I die daily, uh, the practice of meditation, learning that it's possible through, you know, becoming a master of being able to slow down the breath. Till you're no, not breathing, you slow down the heart rate till you can become in a state of suspended animation and truly die every day. And the ancient texts and sages tell us that this is a possibility. This is something we can do and even hidden within the Bible. Yeah. And I've really, you know, that I, I practice Kriya Yoga. I'm uh, initiated into Kriya Yoga under Paramhansa Yogananda. And 
the practice of that is is really learning to do that, to, to learn how to die every day, just like Christ talked about. Um, wondered if maybe you want to talk about a little bit about that subject, as it's really uh, near and dear to me. Yeah, the with every breath, uh, you know, the ex expiration is a is the word for the exhalation. <clears throat> it's another word for it. And that's the to expire. To so with every exhalation, I see every inhale as as a birth, and every exhalation as a death. And so to be to be aware, that's how it's easiest to to cultivate this awareness uh, of life when if whether birth or death is occurring is through breath now if the physical is not here uh what is, is there still breath and and that's a that's a good question there's a there's a type of breath possibly uh well, well here's here's one thing <clears throat> when we're defining bodies as well and and death and transitions i see any body any form as physical physical is the word for me that just describes form and so when a person's physical body dies, they still have a form of sorts that carries on. Uh, and it's still a physical thing of sorts. Uh, and I say of sorts because we don't, the way most people look at the word physical, they've entrapped it somewhere. For me, I see five, you know, like the, the spiral five, uh, the golden mean or golden ratio, five, or mm -hmm. similar to Fibonacci, the five. And then I see cycles, uh, cycles of of these of fit five cycles, physical. Uh, <clears throat> you can also see the word akal in, in physical, uh, which... Uh, can be known as overcoming death, akal, akal. Uh, so when I, and I go to these roots of words, not because I, I think that the historical etymology of these words are connected, but the, but the sound, any type of sound similarity creates a similar cymatics. Cymatics is the, the sound. It's just so interesting that sign has first is that that's what's connected to a symbol, like a gong that you hit on percussion. That's a symbol, but the everything around us is symbols. All everything mm -hmm. we look at is a symbol for something else be, behind it, and mm -hmm. it's created by sound and. Mm. and 
I, we could go so much deeper into this, like chrome, like chromosomes, our body's chromosome. We wouldn't biologically be here without chromosome, but chrome is related to sound and it's also related to color, tones, the color tone, the sound tone of something, the <clears throat> tone, the or sound and color are, or light and sound is the physicality that we're made of uh that that people say is the the spirit or the soul whatever when they when they say something someone is dying it's this sound light thing light and sound is still physical um but relating to dying to dying every day it, it's also related to the same phrase as, as know thyself. And most people won't hear the message in it because we get consumed with knowing in the form of consuming information and in intellect just going out and crazy instead of N-O. Instead of N O I N G, knowing mm-hmm. off off the self. That's like I said in the Galactic Gang song, know thyself, then off thyself, selfless. You know what I'm saying? When it's it's the same similar concept as yes, the self is beautiful. It's sound and light, but light. You hear the word lie in light? Mm -hmm. The the word lie is in light. You hear the word illusion in illumination. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's an illustration? You know, it's a drawing of of color. Uh, That's that's what we are. We are these illustrations with this this illusion mixed in it because it's all Maya. All forms are illusions. All forms are Maya, the divine Leela that we get to play in this illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never want my playing in this to, to make it seem like that's saying that this is imaginary, like that this is some airy fairy existence where people aren't actually suffering and people aren't actually uh, experiencing the results of these illusions. They are. Mm-hmm. People are experiencing mm-hmm. that. And and so that's something that, that we always have to wind back into the conversation because we, we're tasked with more of a bodhisattva type of thing uh, where compassion has to be the the base of any of these uh, ponderings or else it will lead to nihilism. It will lead to uh, God complexes or to helplessness, hopeless feelings. Who knows what, when, when emptiness is faced without compassion, it, it leads to insanity. Mm -hmm. Did you see that movie, everything, everywhere, all at once? Yo, we started watching it, and uh, 
you know, we didn't get through it. Uh, I, <clears throat> I know why I didn't get through it because I was on a little mushrooms that didn't, and it, it was moving. Mm-hmm. The way That'd be a I'm, tough one. <laughs> didn't want the movie to move the way I was feeling, so mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta reapproach it without those uh, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it kind of t- touches on that, that idea of like, once you become conscious of everything everywhere all at once, and you have this infinite ability to move around and you see that every possibility is a, is a, is a reality that we could visit, the, the, the protagonist character developed this just deep state of depression and nihilism and just thinking this is all, there's no, nothing has any meaning. It reminds me of that, uh, the verse from the Bible that, you know, you could have, and I'm paraphrasing, it's just that you could have everything in life. You could have all the cities and powers, but if you don't have love, it's like a resounding gong, you know, you just, you could have all of this, but then that could just lead to, yeah, you just seeing everything as meaningless and pointless and nothing that I do matters. So it feels like the 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 crucial key ingredient is always that connection with the divine qualities of love peace joy wisdom and then we can appreciate all of it just like in our lives we can have all of these luxuries we can have all of these great things but we can just go through our life completely bored <laughs> somehow even though we're in this video game of infinite possibilities and connections and fractals so yeah really it seems to uh, also when we take time in, in meditation to quiet the mind and open the heart you know turn off the body turn up hit pause on the movie of our life that we get refreshed with this new vigor for for life again and to appreciate it in in new ways. So, yeah, I really I really like that that song. When I heard it, I was like, yeah, this is, this is really kind of putting into to words a lot of the things. Because I, I have a similar style about you know I make sacred art, but it also it has oftentimes a bit of a dark vibe to it. And for me, it comes from facing the darkness and finding the light within that darkness. You know really doing that work where uh, you come across it. Like I, I like, I do a weekly meditation group and with that group, we like to, I've been practicing with them lately of using the concentration technique and just imagine this darkness. And there's a dragon like right in front of your eyes. There's just breathing. And that's just the, the dragon of mind chatter. And as we focus deeper and deeper on the, the technique that dragon is just losing its power and we're gaining its power. And as we drift off and we lose connection to the technique, then the dragon's becoming more powerful and taking our power. It Yogananda also talks a lot about how one of the big thing that stifles uh, someone who's on the spiritual path is a lack of spiritual adventurousness, a lack of having this heroic mindset of really going in and going into the dark forest and facing the demons and the dragons so that we can overcome that and and find the light on the other side so yeah really i resonate with that type of shadow work to yeah you know be able to walk through hard times with a smile you know when it's real or when it's a a fake smile Mm -hmm. Mm. 
Uh, another um, I, I, one of your I, I love your your Instagram, the the tweets that you put out, you're always putting out really kind of thought provoking messages here. One of the one of the recent ones you've you have here, it says, life is not short. Life is all there is. Life has no opposite. Birth and death are opposites, yet they both exist in life and they both support life. And that idea that most people think that yeah, life and death are opposites, but we don't really die when we go to sleep and we dream that our consciousness is there with us. The Bhagavad Gita says that which occupies the mind at the moment of death determines the destination of the dying, that we continue on. This is what all of the, the great sages and all of the ancient books tell us. So I thought that was I thought that was a nice one to 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 contemplate that you know it's it's birth and death that are the opposites here in this du duality. Yeah, we get that confused a lot, <clears throat> and, and I mean it's it's it could be just called semantics to some people, but there there seems to be an underlying existence, regardless of whether birth or death happens so that's the life we're talking about it's like there even the body is still living when it dies because it's it, it's still in existence it, existence itself is is life it's it's not uh like just because some when when the tree uh when the leaves fall off the tree and it look dead during the winter, you know what I'm saying, and they come back every year, like this happened every year, all in most places in the world, in or in many places of the world, like everything starts looking dead. But it's all still alive. There's still life under all of that darkness. It's pretty cool to look at, like, if you go to the forest in the wintertime and just be with the light that's hidden in the darkness, that's hidden in the depth, and be with the pre-birth that's about to come. Uh, that's a fun, it's a powerful meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being able to see that reflected back at us in the symbols of nature can really help give us uh, some clues about the reality that we're in. Just like in, in the sacred art, there's all the symbols that you see in the sacred art is a lot of times pointing to elements in nature that we can relate to that help point to a reflection of what God is, you know, if all of this is created in, in God's image, then all of these symbols, like you were saying, relate back to an astral or a spiritual truth or truth or, or reality that exists. And then we're just seeing the uh, physical reflection of that here, here in this life. Hmm. Yeah, that's in, in the, phys the human physical body is probably the one of the the greatest fractals well I, i'll say it for our intents and purposes 
it is the greatest one because it's the greatest physical thing, the greatest physical possession that you have. Uh, an intelligence designed this thing that is so masterful that like even the 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 Ganesh behind you, you know, there was an elephant head put on put on the body on, on this physical body of a of a person. The way the way that a person's body is shaped, uh, there's a there's a reason for that. Like when you look in uh, certain scriptures, or when you look in uh, old school temples, like Homie Homie breaks it down a lot. Uh, John Anthony West, mm-hmm. uh, who, the Serpent in the Sky, and uh, a few other Egyptologists, they show like how the temple. How your body, you can't see it that well on the screen, but like the physical body is always at the center of the mysteries. When the Temple of Luxor or mm. the Temple of Dendera, the, the ratios of the Vitruvian man, uh, which, which you can find the ratios of pyramids, the, the the same ratios and proportions we use to build most of the megalithic and monolith structures around the world, uh, you see the same ratios of the human body found inside that. And so most people will look at these temples and, and they automatically want to think about the stars. And like how they're aligned to the stars. And that's great. Like, yeah, that's part of it. But then they align right back to our body. And that's the part we have access to. That's the part we can touch, feel, make love with, do stuff with. And so the ancients have always been pointing to your your vehicle, to, to the spaceship by making these connections with these megaliths and these monuments that not only connect with the stars and as above as we can sort of see from here, but they relate right back to our own physicality. And if and if we start looking for the layers under that we could see, which is probably like atomic or cellular, We'll we'll also find this similar things revealed in these uh, in these buildings because it's an as above below situation. Mm. Hmm. It's uh, hearing things like that and being tuned into those kind of things that makes me so just excited and curious just about just having a physical body how how wonderful that is you know yogananda would talk about it's like you all love to experiment you love to test things you like to experiment on things experiment on yourself experiment with yourself we have this 
sometimes it just clicks in my mind or I'll just be, you know, be having sort of a pleasant day and it'll just click on my mind just to, all I need is this, this body and just to go inward. And it's got everything that I need uh, to be happy and to know the secrets of the universe is all contained within us. And the more <laughs> omnipresent we become with our body, you know, we can learn even to heal and regenerate the cells. I know when, when I was in uh, Miami, you gave me this book. Let's see if we could see it here. Yeah. So living examples of physical immortality. And by the way, it was, it was so great. I, when I was in Miami, that was when I first met Chris Dyer. My brother and I were painting a mural there in Wynwood, a 40-foot mural of Hanuman around the corner. And uh, Chris uh, rolled up while we were painting over there and then gave us a flyer for a Moksha Collective for the show that uh, he opened there. I hadn't met Chris before, but I've been a fan of his work. And it turns out he actually just moved to St. Pete, Florida, where I live, which was <laughs> like super cool. <laughs> and so he gave me a flyer for that show. And then and then I didn't, you know, even when I was coming to see, I didn't even know that you were going to be there. So that was just <laughs> like, wow, what is this? So I went in there. That was just, and you know, your music, his artwork. I mean, Chris Dyer had so much artwork there because moving to Florida, he had the whole collection right. that he has. So filling that place with all of that work, plus the, the medicine uh, artwork that was there and the Aztec dancers that were there that was that was a magical magical night and then getting to hear you perform and speak uh, was so was it was it was one of my top top moments of Basel I've been going for you know I was telling Chris like I've been coming here for 15 years that was my favorite mm -hmm. show <laughs> you know? so that was really cool and yeah I had a great time to be there myself I felt like it was the perfect convergence uh, and it was just, you know, a little intent, little intention, a little energy put to making it happen. You know, that people was about it, uh, but it's not like it was this overly managed type thing. It's it came together with with synchronicity and auspiciousness. <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, you could tell that that's what it was. And, you know, Moksha Collective is, is a small space. So it's a very intimate setting. Just, you know, the people are supposed to be there are there. And it was, yeah, just really nice having those kind of outlets these days of an in intimate space, getting to see somebody that's been doing it as long as you in a small, small room with that kind of uh, engaged audience. Uh, it was really cool. I guess we could talk a little bit. I mean, that was a galactic gang NFT drop party. So cool to uh, so cool to meet Chris and to see what you guys have been doing with with the galactic gang. I love the the track that you created for the mm -hmm. for the galactic gang. And, you know, I've been getting I, I've, I've transitioned into Web3 this year, moving, you know, seeing that as a, as a way to, to do more and more of what I want to do creatively and to build an audience that is more tuned in than just scrolling quickly through their Instagrams are really kind of tuned into deeper messages and stories that we could tell through, you know, the Web3 space. So 
I've been enjoying it. It was nice. I didn't know if I was creating stuff for an audience that didn't exist. But then when I start to meet others that are spiritually active in this Web3 world, it's like, okay, there's more of us. There's people that are ready for this and been very encouraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you're, <clears throat> you're in the space. And and it's important for, for people who have visionary or spirit visions to be in all places that society is progressing into so that those uh, ideas, that heart, that attitude of, of uh, that Dharma, that Christ consciousness, or whatever we feel best expressing it as, it could be there. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm in Web3. I mean, there. Am I looking for benefit uh, monetarily? Yeah, uh, of course. But that's not my main priority. The main thing is, you know, I was I was creating uh, currency uh, long before the blockchain. Hmm. Babaji money. Wow. Yeah. Thousand and thousand and eight dollars. Wow. And I would I would trade this money around for for things, you know what I'm saying? You know, I've got Maha Avatar. Yeah. Baba chilling. Uh-huh. Um, and so I would make this, you know, my my teacher Leonard Orr, he's the one who developed this with his community. I was the first to put it on the parchment paper. So when I, one time I seen him uh, in California, I went to go visit him. He was doing this. This is one of my teachers. uh, And he, I had the Babaji money with, and I was able to trade it to him for for a book. I'm looking for the book, but it's like this book that's worth $1,500 now. It's it's this rare book. You can't even get nowhere else. and so playing that game of learning how to print your own currency, seeing that it takes it takes something, seeing that to convince someone, what is the convincing factor uh, that makes someone want to exchange with your currency? Uh, this is could would be more seen like an NFT uh, type of currency because of the fact that the value is sort of contained just within the rarity of this being somewhat like a piece of art. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you, now someone could be like, well, I could just print it myself. And they could, I would give people the files to print it themselves. Have I, has anyone ever came around me with any one little kid, one, one of my kids friends went ahead and started printing his own and started playing with the game of of Babaji money. But that was why crypto made sense to me because I was just like... You're already doing it. Yeah, it's about time we start having alternative currencies. Like here's Mm -hmm. from New Hampshire. Here's goldbacks from New Hampshire. Uh, These are complementary currencies. There's there's tons of places that have cash that it, it has nothing to do with the Federal Reserve. 
That's why I laugh at people when they try to fear you and fudge you like, they're trying to make a cashless society. There'll be no cash someday. Mm-hmm. Be like, yo, <laughs> can you get some paper, cut it up, put some denominations on it and agree upon something <laughs> with you and your people? Then right. you can create cash. It's That's like, it. shut up. Stop being in fear. We got the power right now and here. It's all in our heart, our head and our ear. You know what I'm saying? Don't call mm-hmm. me Shakespeare. I got a bust of <laughs> rap because that's just how I do. You know, I got the flow. I'm coming through coke now. Just mm-hmm. No, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a you know, even Yogananda would talk about these times as saying that, you know, the money that we're holding now isn't going to be worth the paper it's printed on. And to start thinking about new ways of, of moving through currencies. One of my teachers that started Ananda, Swami Kriyananda, he's been talking about this for a long time of we need to have new currencies and seeing, seeing how these really are so, you know, becoming possible and then putting them on the blockchain and just taking that to new levels that we didn't even we didn't even see coming a while back. And now we can have our own communities, make our own currencies, have these things that will be an ecosystem for us. It's just, it's so cool just to see how these predictions from the the sages talking about, we need to gather in like-minded communities. We need to have our own money. We need to be there and have each other's backs when tough gets tough. And it's cool to see that, coming to us through our technology, even pushing us in that direction. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really encouraged by seeing, seeing where things are going and being here in this time where, you know, AI is, is hitting the tipping point of mainstream and all of these things. We're in this super sci-fi movie that has heroes and villains and all of the, the juicy stuff you could want from any movie. And the more we get around, I think it's important, just like what you're talking about, is the more we get around good company of people that are not afraid to die, not afraid of sickness, not afraid of the dollar becoming worthless. The more that you get around people like that, the more you get to just enjoy this movie and and ride the waves, you know, like we're yogis are big wave surfers. <laughs> we're here to ride these big waves and enjoy it as much as possible and help others who are afraid. Yeah, yeah. I thought, well, that made me think about uh, about one of the things I like to call call this this whole experience because, you know, when you observe reality through that double slit experiment, they said on one side, it's a wave, you know, and and if you observe it in a different way, they say it's a, a particle. And so the the way that things are observed, you know, changes how how that the result of how you're gonna see it. But I always like the 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 words wave and particle because it's like a wavy party. Like I <laughs> that's the way I see it. I'm I don't see it as a wave or a particle. I just see it like I'm having a wavy party. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> that's how it's I not think. as solid that's as you think. Yeah, it's not as solid as they think. It's wavy. Exactly. That's how mm-hmm. I see wave. That's how I see flat earth too. Like, yeah, so many people see it as round. So many people see it as flat. I don't know why. 
you know, people have their their reasons, but it's the observation tools. It's the same thing. It's that it's the double slit experiment, but expanded to the to not a particle or a wave, but to a whole planet. And most people, they're not going to get that because they're too invested in one or the other. I don't care. So I could be in a wavy party, baby. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'll remember that one. Mm. You no, know, another thing I was going to ask you about, I know we're coming up. Uh, we want to stick to an hour here. I know you, you got a trip in the morning. And so I want to be mindful of your time here. Uh, I got so many things to, to talk to you about. So maybe we'll do another one here in the future. But another thing that I yeah, when yeah, when, cool. <laughs> when I was when I was, uh, you know, looking into all the music that you had to offer, I found the Anahata Sacred Sound Current. And that album whispers from eternity on there, which is one of my favorite books from Paramhansa Yogananda is a way to communicate with the divine, come to the divine, not as a beggar, but as a child of the emperor of the universe or a child of the divine mother and to cast your sacred demands through the third eye to the infinite and to receive what you're asking for. And, that album, it was, you know, it had the poem from Yogananda Samadhi, uh, which is, is a great one to memorize for. It's a, a fully awakened master avatar guru writing poetry in English about the experience of Christ consciousness, infinite Samadhi bliss for us to tune into and to experience you know, uh, use that as a casting a spell or an affirmation for when that's going to happen, because it will happen for all of us. But being able to tune into that and then hearing that combined with music, that just blew my mind. Like I was like, I can't believe that I'm listening to this on Spotify right now through hip hop artists. How did that come about? And where did that come from? Or, you know, just maybe a little bit about uh, about that collaboration. So Anahata is is a Kriya Yogi, uh, you know, linked up strong with Yogananda himself, and uh, you know, I've I've been linked with with the Siddha gang and the all all my Yogi Regina sisters since since I started building in the squad too uh, as a shorty. In the late nineties, uh, as mm. far as the yogic uh, uh, path goes, and uh, or mid nineties actually, but Anahata, we we started building musically when around two thousand early early two thousand maybe two thousand four something like that. Uh, I, I don't remember where it was me, him, sometimes Atma. Uh, that, those were my, uh, some of my people I was, remember, like those are people I know physically. 
uh, some of the other cats on on the Anahata albums. Uh, you know, I just worked with them from from a distance. Uh, so Whispers from Eternity. And what song do I have on there? Is it like, I forget, Joyful Sound? I, I, there might be someone where I said, there's one where I'm talking about Hanuman, isn't there? Mm. <laughs> uh, where I said like, tear open, tear open a heart like Hanuman or something. Oh, cool. I'm going to have to go back and find that lyric. Yeah. yeah. I know I'm taking you far back into the, to the archives here. <laughs> yeah. That, it was like, I did that before I met Anahata, you know, we were just, it was like a group of people online who were just into yoga, yogic, hip hop. When I say yogi, you know, I'm talking about the, the siddhas and the sadhus and the, the wisdom of the, of the scripture type yogis. Wow. And so me and him and Atma, and then later on, uh, son of Saturn, uh, who else began building? Uh, there was Kalki, and we did, uh, what else? The Sadhu Militia Projects and the, uh, The what's the what's the name of them them uh spaceships in uh in India the Manas is that the name of the this, the spaceships I mean I know the one that like Ravana rode the Pushpak they come well <laughs> there there's others yeah yeah that's that's his but particularly mm -hmm. but I think they're called the Manas mm -hmm. uh, so we we had a group called the Manas too cool uh, so it was all just putting out like yogic sanskrit based hip hop uh because that those were the things i was immersed in like i i would kick it at the krishna temple here in chicago and go visit all types of temples around i never mm. became like a you know initiated of, to any of them things because the that just wasn't the path to be initiated into uh something that's sort of restrictive um so mm -hmm. but i've always cool. participated a lot mm -hmm. yeah being able to uh being able to go in and, and merge with the different uh, all the different paths and and different ways and uh teachings and all of that that all are saying the same thing it's 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 cool like i was expecting to go back into the archives and, and find your gangster rap you know your earlier years where you weren't talking about these kind of subjects but it is like no it just it was all the way through i was it was it was you know so i was going to ask you a little bit about that you know when you what prana brought you on to a spiritual path it sounds like you were tuned into it and seeking that from really an early age and going to visit temples um maybe the last little bit here we could just talk about the that initial what kind of brought you on what you know maybe picking up from it in a past life obviously well it it does feel like ever since i was little there was this just a connection to God and it felt like it was connection through my parents and through nature. So whenever I would, when I think back to 
what was my spiritual connection as a shorty? That's what it felt like. My parents and and nature as a baby. And then as I got bigger, like there, there was no concept of God until later until people started talking about it. And then that became an actual concept for me as a person. And and like the spiritual nature of things, like those just ordinary life was the <laughs> that was already the thing. But then people started talking and then you learn <laughs> words and then complicating things. <laughs> yeah. Then you get these ideas about things and and so that was a path that that I took because the main thing I would hear was God and Jesus. And so I, I decided to go look at that as a little kid. And I decided to read the Bible as a little kid. And my parents didn't make it wasn't their thing. They were doing other stuff. I was doing that on my own. And I then I was getting kicked out of church on my own. And then I was going to explore Hebrew Israelite, Islam, Asar, Aset, Rastafari. But, but exploring Rastafari was always, for me, it was just like Christ was in my life. It was it was a one and one and one. You know, we was good. He let me know that he he's in many other appearance. He God's love is one. When he says he's one, that oneness is all and everywhere. So don't confine me. And then I realized Christ, Rastafari, Haile Selassie. That this was the the same. It's the same thing for me. Like I don't, I don't need to explain it to nobody. I don't need to prove mm -hmm. it. To I could, I could get scriptures and do all that, but mm -hmm. no, it's just Christ showed me what that was, what that was. So, being mm -hmm. went that way, then Selassie, Christ showing me to make sure I explore everything, even the most hated, the most feared, Lucifer, Satan, explore, not believing in God, explore atheism explore it all so that you can know me and know why this is strength for you know why mm. this resonates for you uh, by knowing all these other things and also being able to see my glory in it all and so I did and you know if you look around you, you can see Books on mm. the walls, like every the wall, all the way going back is these books mm -hmm. uh, of and these aren't novels and things. It's either it most of his spirit uh, spiritual knowledge. A lot of it is how to how to build heaven on earth knowledge. <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. one of the. <laughs> Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for going back in time with us a little bit. I was curious about that. And so nice to connect with others. You know, that's, that's more, you know, that's what I'm, I'm learning and, and doing as well, gathering with others, you know, because we are co-creators in this dream. It's 
can go either way, like that double slit experiment. And the more that we can gather with others who are seeing life in this way, recognizing that we are co-creating our reality, that when we uplift ourselves, we're actually uplifting our perception of the universe around us. Right. And when we're uplifting ourselves, we are able to heal others with that. We're able to bless others with that. We're able to uh, raise a vibration. We don't even need to say anything. We can be a, a blessing to people. So it's it's nice to be connecting with, with others in this space. I, I just started doing I, a weekly calling it Warriors of Light, just gathering with other like-minded souls and communities, whether it be through Web3 or anybody through my meditation group and connecting. So every Tuesday now at, at 11 a.m. Eastern, we gather on Twitter spaces, small meditation, warrior of light affirmation, and just see the world filled with light, healing, that we're blessing the, the technologies that are coming, we're blessing the Mother Earth, because I we it's I feel like what, what, what happens around us is Brahma, the creator, is creating for an audience and we're that audience. So what we're asking for is what we're getting. We're asking for it, what we're, what we're, what we're imagining and visualizing. We're his audience, so we need to ask for what we would like to see and rather than just imagining doom and gloom all the time. So just gathering with friends regularly to do that. Yeah, some people say that Brahma, Vishnu, and Rudra are the three aspects of our own mind. The creative aspect, the maintaining aspect, and the destructive aspect. And that, you know, we we put things into creation. And then, you know, Vishnu or the preserver preserves these realities. And to change it, the only way to change your reality is through Shiva, through Rudra, uh, who who can destroy the any of any of the other previous creations, and it's 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 our Vishnu aspect that maintains what we want to keep, what we want to keep flourishing, just like the you know the avatars of Vishnu are here to try to maintain that relationship between devotees and and remove uh, the miscreants uh, who get in the way uh, mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. of that loving relation. So uh, that's what the maintaining aspect of the mind is to be doing. And the, the mm -hmm. Brahma aspect is the liar. That's the one who lied on Shiva. You know, when they, when, when Brahma went up, and Vishnu went down when that lingam popped in in the and Brahma started going all the way up looking for the flower. Oh no, Brahma went up looking for the top of the thing, and uh, Vishnu went down looking for the bottom of the Shiva lingam. And they went for billions of years, couldn't find them. And then one day, a flower came, and it, and Brahma was like, "Yo, flower, what's up? Where the heck did you come from?" And he was like, "I've been falling for like." 700 eternities times 5 trillion from off the top of this thing. Uh, <laughs> I was placed here as an offering to this Shiva Lingam, Lord Shiva, or something. And they was like, huh? What, Lord Shiva, what's that? 
I don't know nothing about that. You can you uh he he said I'm I was going to try I'm in an argument with Vishnu right now trying to prove to him that I'm the superior God. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yo, can can we corroborate this story to say that I made it to the top and took you off of the top? And the flower was like, Yeah, you're gonna do that. You I need <laughs> yeah. you to do that. They 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 just conspired together and then Brahma was like, yo, Vishnu, I made it. And they tried, you know, they came back down and got together. And then Brahma started lying. Like, yeah, I made it to the top and I got this flower. And then the next thing you know, Shiva boosh, pops out <laughs> in a regular form. And it's in his Shiva form, not in Shiva Linga, but he got arms, he got the locks, he's just chilly. He's like, yo, mm -hmm. Brahma, you. You lying. <laughs> Liar. So yeah. Lying. You ain't finna have no temples. Uh you won't <laughs> Vishnu. Uh you wasn't lying. You just went along with this thing. And so, you know, you're gonna have temples, people gonna love you. And mm -hmm. basically, <clears throat> that's also a story of like how that creative aspect of our mind. Woo! That mm -hmm. Marcus sent you off for a doozy. That mm -hmm. mark was and make up all types of weird shit. So you really, you don't want to, you don't want to lean on your own understanding, like the scriptures say. That's mm. that's what what that story is about. Don't lean on Brahma like that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel that. I like that. Thank you. I, I, that I'll, that'll stick with me. I like that having that. Uh, image of these are three within us these are three energies these are three characteristics that are always flowing through us so be careful who's, but who's brahma's wife saraswati now her <laughs> you can lean uh-huh yeah saraswati is music and learning mm -hmm. and that excellent powers of of the mind and so that is who you want to tune into when you're thinking about brahma tap in the mind tap in the mind she she handled the creations properly yeah that's a beautiful if you if, if you're looking to tune into a deity that's a great starting point Asking Saraswati, even even if you find yourself bored with life, you can ask Saraswati, I want to want to know. I want to want to learn. I want to want to create. And the more that you ask for that, she can she can come in and, and provide that for you and be there with you. And thank you so much. Um, I want to be cautious of your time. I know that we're, you're going to be doing some traveling here soon. Yeah. I would love to connect with you again. I see you're back on twi Twitter now. And so that's great. Maybe we could do a space sometime. We can get the Galactic Gang in. We can get some friends in and keep uh, chopping this stuff up. It'd be fun to talk more about Hanuman and the Ramayana with you sometime. That's a huge love of mine and what I've been focusing my artwork around and getting so much benefit from that deity. It's yeah. been wonderful. Uh, I like to end with... Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hanuman... And I don't if there's anything else that you'd like to share before before we close. Um, 
anything that you want to share or, or ways that people can can get at you? I know your your Instagram and your Twitter are very active. And then, um, yeah. Yeah, just find me Twitter on Instagram, Illuminati Congo, the same way you see it spelled here. Type that in YouTube or Spotify. You can hear music, talking about the stuff I'm talking about here. My music usually talking about that there. So <laughs> it certainly <laughs> does. Connected. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I always like to end with some words from Paramhansa Yogananda. This is, I think, a very, a very nice one about this is this is about overcoming inferiority complex or superiority complex and a little bit about what we were talking about tonight of surrounding yourself with people that are aspirational, people that are going to help you to become the version of yourself that you would like to be. They say that it's so uh, that that our 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 company can be very powerful, can be more powerful than our own independent will to strive for greatness. If we're around a lot of others who are striving for greatness, then we really kind of, that, that rubs off on us and we catch that vibe. So uh, this, is, this is Paramhansa Yogananda, and then we'll close our time together. And he says, an inferiority complex is born of contact with weak-minded people. And the weak, innate subconscious mind. A superiority complex comes from false pride and inflated ego. Both inferiority and superiority complexes are destructive to self-development. Both are fostered by imagination, while neither belongs to the true, all-powerful nature of the soul. Develop confidence by conquering your weakness Found your self-confidence on actual achievements, and you will be free from all inferiority and superiority complexes. Om. Peace. Amen. Mm -hmm.